This is the Ask the Vet podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Ask a Vet. I'm Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World. And I've known this month's vet, Scott Sullivan, pretty much all of my solar career, but that's not even half of his. He's currently Director of Inverter Sales and Marketing for GoWatt and one of the most experienced solar marketing professionals out there. So I'm really excited to be speaking with him today. Thanks for being here, Scott. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much. Big fan of your work and also a big supporter of Solar Power World. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So you have spent 20 plus years in solar and other renewables. So I got to ask, what do you like so much about the industry? <laughs> well, I get to help save the planet now one roof at a time. If we can just eliminate one ton of coal, one MMBTU of, of natural gas, some of those fossil fuels out there are causing a lot of what we now know as uh, climate change. And, and what we're doing in the renewable energy space is fantastic. And the best part about it is renewables is opening up like a like a giant funnel. It's Before it used to be, you know, wind was renewable. Then it was wind and solar. Now it's energy storage and it's fuel cells. So renewables has now blossomed into this entire industry, which it's finally an industry. 20 years ago, I would go to a cocktail party and nobody there could spell solar and they had no idea what I was talking about. And now you go to a cocktail party and everybody goes, oh, solar, well, what panel should I be buying and what inverter? And oh, I'm thinking about putting solar on my house or I put solar on my house last year. And they pull out their app on their phone and they say, look, my electric bill's zero. Nobody's doing that in fossil fuel right now. So nobody pulls out their phone and says, hey, you want to see my PG&E bill? <laughs> and I see the day coming when it's just ubiquitous where you walk into a home and, or a business and just as if there's a copy machine, there's solar on the roof. I look forward to those days. That'd be wonderful days, and I definitely hope we get there. And I think it's so great that you're so passionate about it. And I know you've been on the other side, the fossil fuels and working with utilities. Probably like most of the other uh, people that you have interviewed on this podcast, I kind of backed into renewables through a, a different path. My wife likes to say that I'm paying my penance for all of the fossil fuel steam power that I helped develop. So <laughs> basically about 30 years ago, after I finished my MBA, I had the ink still wet. I went to work in the hard goods manufacturing, you know, this old Utica, New York type of factory where it was casting lots of processes and it I, I wanted to sell and be in the sales and marketing side and I just knew that wasn't going to be an ideal fit. I was there for several years and realized that there, there's got to be something else out there that uh, that I could sell from a goods and services standpoint. So I started looking around, talking to some of my colleagues, some of my college fraternity brothers, other folks, and I found my way sort of migrating back to the energy business. I did the stint like everyone else did. I started at the local utility. Uh, I started doing customer relations where I would go out and help large utility customers save some money on their energy. This was years and years and years before generation and distribution was uncoupled. So we were actually helping customers use their energy more efficiently. So, you know, I like to say Westinghouse invented the first electric meter and the next person that knocked on the door said, hey, I can save you money on, on how you spend your energy. So I was sort of in that ESCO business. I'm going to tell you that I'm not 100% proud of it, but I also did my stint at Enron like a lot of my colleagues did. Worked through the Enron days 
And then came out of that, I was there till the bitter end, right as they were shutting down and walking away from the California market. And I talked to some colleagues of mine and they said, electricity has been through deregulation. It's not going to be in California as strong as we thought it was going to be. So I ended up backing into it, into renewables. So I went to work for, a, at that time, a panel manufacturer that had a very unique uh, proposition and I never looked back. So I've been in, in renewables ever since. So that was in the late 90s and, and here I am uh, all these years later. I guess I didn't realize or I forgot that you went to OU, Ohio University and Marietta College. And of course, that struck my interest because I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> so did you grow up in Ohio? I did. I was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. And the utility I worked for was Louisville Gas and Electric. I did say Louisville. Yeah, uh, you know. the, the right so way. <laughs> my father, who was an entrepreneur, moved us to southern Ohio, an old steel mill town, been around forever. Love Marietta College. I got a great scholarship from there. I did my undergrad there. And then 48 miles away is a little town called Athens, Ohio University, great school. So I ended up doing my MBA in business uh, education there. Ohio has just been a great an incubator for large manufacturing, some technology that's come out of that with manufacturing. So it's been a very, very good opportunity. But it's the heart of coal country. So they don't spend a lot of time and energy on, on renewables, but that is changing. I am so proud to say that we're doing projects now in Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, right in the absolute smack dab in the middle of coal country. We're putting up renewables because for the first time in my 25 years, it makes financial, economic, real sense. I'm now able to compete with a fossil fuel steam power plant through distribution and put solar right on the roof and be at least at parity, if not a small savings, and save the planet at the same time. Coming from that area has been really helpful for me because now I can come to California and I can then address those comments and concerns with people. Absolutely. We're, of course, based in Cleveland, but we cover the solar industry nationally. And I mean, we do get excited about little things, you know, when our state does step forward into renewables. Like on Friday, we're going to go on a little tour of a, a bunch of homes with solar on it. And it's such a simple thing, but we're excited because, yes, it's happening in our state. And I know that some of the extra things that you were doing in, in high school and college, I thought it was kind of cool that you did a lot with newspapers and yearbooks and broadcasting, and you even had your own radio show. So that was neat, <laughs> that, that almost that journalistic interest. Well, I do have a communication background. And as you can tell, I'm not a, a shy little wilting flower. I'm pretty much out there. I have done both talk show radio and also just regular music broadcasts. Very interested in the journalistic type of thing and photojournalism also. I think more information for people is important. This is long before we had 24-hour news channels. And I love the fact that we now have not only one, but hundreds of ways to actually get information about things that are going on in our world. And I think that's really important because whether it's social media or it's broadcast radio or podcasts or whatever, I mean, we didn't even think about this. The, what we're doing right now wasn't even a, an option 30 years ago. At the heart and soul, I'm a, I'm a sales guy. Sales and marketing is really where my heart and soul lives. Absolutely. And I think that's so cool. You're, you're one of those people that is actually in the field that they got their degree in, which is kind of a rare thing nowadays. But I'm just wondering, you know, why you were so interested in that area. 
What I really love about it is the fact that I want to be a resource for somebody. So uh, I'll give you a very quick story. I'm sitting on an airplane, sitting next to a guy. He owns a recumbent bike manufacturing company. I know nothing about recumbent bikes. I didn't even know what a recumbent bike was. For four hours, he is just regaling me with all these stories about how he got into recumbent biking, what it is. And I just thought this guy was super cool. We exchanged business cards and we just went on our way. Well, just a few weeks later, I'm on another plane and I'm sitting next to the largest bicycle dealer in the state of New York. And I just happened to be able to regurgitate and pull back some of that information that I had just learned. And I mentioned this guy and he says, are you kidding me? It's the number one selling recumbent bike in the world and blah, blah, blah. And I would love to have it. So I just sent an email to both of them and said, hey, I met this guy on a plane and I met you on a plane and you guys should know each other. (laughs) And I just put those two people together. I I had no financial incentive, the the simple fact that I was able to be a resource for him. And I get this really nice card with a Starbucks gift card in it saying, Scott, I really appreciate it. We ended up selling this guy likes. Wow. I translate that into sales and marketing of being in solar. We're connecting people either through a product or a service. Again, you have so much sales and marketing experience. What would some of your top advice be to solar contractors Well, the first thing I would say to everybody, and this is sort of a mantra I live by, is that people buy, even today, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. You know, I use the example all the time. When was the last time you bought something from someone who was rude to you? And I tell people all the time that we buy from people that we know, like, and trust. So build that rapport. Take 15 minutes and actually get to know the person that you're trying to sell to. And if the conversation comes back to business, fantastic. I would recommend everybody keep track of that kind of information. If you don't have a CRM, customer relationship management software, use one, you know, use your phone, use something to keep track of that. And when you find out a piece of information, I mean, Facebook helps us. They tell us when it's your birthday and don't be perfunctory and just send out a, Hey, happy birthday, Kathy, you know, send out a personalized note that says, Hey, I saw it was your birthday today. So, you know, live it up or spend all weekend or go do something that you know is personal to them. And it doesn't look like it's just a Xerox copy that you just sent to everybody. Right. Right. So it doesn't look like a form letter. I've been trying to do memes on Facebook. It's just (laughs) like a show they're into or something. At least like I know it's just something different. Yeah, because it's literally like happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. So it does make you stand out. Now, for me, you can just do that for Game of Thrones. So you can say, I hear hear winter is coming and it's your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. I'll I'll put that in my CRM. (laughs) So I know another way you connect with people, like you said, is on LinkedIn. You had so many followers and connections that you actually maxed out your LinkedIn. And I know you said you're big on other social media channels too. So how do you use that as business? Great question. LinkedIn is a fantastic platform. I have a lot of people in my network, and it's really hard to keep track. You know, guys that I know very well from the time when I sold for SatCon, well, then SatCon goes out of business, and we all scatter to the wind. So now, in able to keep track of where those colleagues are and friends, I can just jump on LinkedIn. I can say, oh, he's over at, and then I have a relationship at that company. If I'm looking for a new panel supplier, I can go to my network, and I can find five guys that are working for five different panel manufacturers, and I can send them a quick LinkedIn message. 
even people that don't know me personally see that I have some credibility. But then also I go to SPI and it's great to take a quick selfie, five of your old friends and post it. It kind of shows the camaraderie of our industry. Supposed competitors can still spend time together and be professional and social and you know, enjoy each other's time and, and still be ruthless when it comes down to, you know, pricing and schedule for all selling inverters. So I have, you know, these colleagues that all work for competitors and we're all still great friends. I'm just not going to tell them, you know, what my costs are. (laughs) Exactly. I think that that is exactly how the solar industry is. I mean, I've seen people move from business to business and it's nothing personal. Um, It's just business, but I do think that the solar industry does a good job of coming together when we do need to develop standards or we need to trade cases. We, there's still such a need to move the industry forward, and we really do have to come together to do that. So I think that's one really cool thing about solar. And so with social media, too, I mean, it's hard, like, even on my end to keep up with all the things that are happening in the market, like changes and technical innovation. So do you use social media to do that, or how do you keep up with those things? Perfect example just happened at SPI. So Scott Finley, I hope you're listening, Scott, you're a great guy. He works for a company called Pentair. Pentair is this gigantic, huge conglomerate that owns a whole lot of different stuff, right? He comes over to my booth and he sits down and he says, have you ever seen one of these? And he just lays it down on the table. And it happens to be a 90 degree bus bar. Now allow me to get just a little geeky here. For those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, it's it's a it's a way of conducting electricity that makes a 90 degree turn, which doesn't happen with wire. It's really hard to turn 90 degrees with electricity. But he has this invention or this technology that came out. I took a quick picture of it. I posted it up on LinkedIn and I tagged six or seven of my very closest friends that are all engineers. And I said, look at this. First time ever I've seen a 90 degree bus bar. And I just took a picture of a piece of metal laying on a table and <laughs> set it out and I got 600 replies and people are commenting all over the place and Scott he's going nuts he's saying you know we have an entire marketing department and we didn't get 600 set of eyes <laughs> because it's it's a very geeky kind of thing that is how I keep up on technology how would you, I ever know some of the technology I mean great companies like Solar Edge and Enphase and some of these inverter companies that are coming out with some really really cool technologies but if they didn't put it out on social media I wouldn't get to see it in the next conference. So that I think is just revolutionizing our industry. And the other thing too is webinars. So if you're going to have a webinar that is going to talk about bus bars and 90% or larger percentage of the population is not going to care. But for that 10% that does, it gets in their hands easier through social media. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, there's those, it's easy to access those very niche markets on social media, those people that do really care about that nine degree bus bar. So as you said, you know, you've worked for a lot of different types of companies. I was reading on your LinkedIn, which also a reason I love LinkedIn, because when I do interviews like this, I can go and see exactly what, you know, everybody's done. So that's been really cool. But you've worked for three inverter companies. You've worked for a couple software monitoring companies, a panel manufacturer. So how did working in all those different segments kind of influence your perspective on the industry? For any potential employers out there, I I can keep a job. (laughs) It's primarily because of the industry. There are 
segments of the renewable energy space, right? You can pick any one of the segments to be an expert in. You can build an entire career out of finance. We could find experts in just how the solar is attached to the ground or the roof, what we call the racking. You could be a complete expert in just the panel and the power generation. So what I like to think of myself as, as a generalist, I like to be that person that has the full view. So when somebody comes to me and says, you know, what do you know about solar? I can just be uber geek and talk about the PN junction and the doping of the wafer and how a PN junction is created and what the little wires are on the top of the cell and what stringing and tabbing is and why back sheets are not glass and all the way to the other end, which talks about what your financial return is going to be and why you should do it in the first place. So for me, that has been part of my education. I have wanted to be that from the very beginning. Like right now, I'm absolutely engrossed in energy storage. I want to know what battery chemistries are. I want to know what the difference between a lithium ion phosphate and a lithium iron is and iron oxide. And so I'm asking all those those big questions because I'm trying to learn another phase of the industry, which is rapidly changing. So for me, that's just the way my brain works and the way I, I want to address and attack the market. Eventually, I see myself as just being the overall generalist that helps large organizations move in that direction and we'll find the specialist when we need them. Yes, exactly. That That is so true. And I think I just kind of realized that recently, what a unique perspective that I get to have an insight as a journalist because sometimes it is very difficult to keep up with you know the the technology in so many different things I'm covering inverters I'm, I'm covering storage um, and then also on the installation side and sometimes I feel like oh my gosh it's overwhelming but sometimes I, I realize I know more than I think I do and, and I get to see different parts than you know, people who are maybe in more siloed areas do. So that is a, a really cool thing. It's neat that you have really worked to get to know all those different facets of the industry. And I did want to ask, I know so much of your life is around solar, but what do you do when you're not focused on solar? I like to give back. There's a, several things in my life that are important to me. I am a, just a long, long, long time supporter of the Boy Scout. I am an Eagle Scout myself. That, that type A driven overachiever type Eagle Scout. I like giving back to those young minds that are being developed now. And I learned so much in life through scouting. But I also, my escape, if you will, my drug of choice would be movie. I love going to the movies now with a in a dark room with a great big huge giant screen and have two hours of escape. And now that I'm a grandfather, I have two grandsons of my own. Oh, and congrats. My, Thanks. And my kids are all grown. So that is really the love of my life. Um, it's been so great talking with you, Scott. I could talk to you for hours, but I know you got to go. And I just really appreciate you speaking with me today. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it too, Kathy. This has been another edition of Ask a Vet. Join us each month as I, editor Kathy Zip, bring you the unique perspectives and insights of those who have spent more than a decade in solar. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Join us online for more podcasts, videos, and great editorial content at solarpowerworldonline.com. And don't forget to share your thoughts on social media. Catch you next month.